This is Shi'ar Jeshub, coming to you from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of our pastor, Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing the Heavenly Authority series. The current sermon is from 1 Samuel chapter 16, where King Saul is tormented by a distressing spirit and David is called upon to play his harp. When David plays, Saul would become refreshed and well, and the evil spirit would leave him. Here now is my husband, Pastor Greg. Music touches a place in our spirits that sometimes just words can't. And words and music together can be very powerful. In the good sense, when there's an anointed song, a beautiful Christian song, inspired by the Holy Spirit with inspired words, biblical words, it can cast out demons. And here when David strums that harp, it brings relief from the torment, and Saul becomes refreshed, he becomes well, the distressing spirit departs. But... As great as the music is, it's only temporary, right? It's like a service, a Sunday service. It's wonderful, beautiful. You feel the presence of God, but it's temporary for the time if we don't let it take root in our hearts. Once Saul finds relief, once the beautiful words of Yahweh that David strums on that harp are played, what should Saul do? He should repent. The only permanent solution is repentance that gives permanent freedom from demonic bondage and torment. As sins are washed away, like we sang that song this morning, Created Me a Clean Heart, and David really wanted his sins washed away. He was not just singing it for a moment to feel good, and then he went back out and sinned. He was really sorry. And if that music brought Saul to a place where then he would say, I don't want to be tormented anymore. I'm sorry, Lord, that I pushed away your spirit. Only real repentance would give him permanent relief. The music, the anointing, the gifts give a temporary opening of the door. The signs and wonders are there so that the nations see that the gospels preach, but then the person has to say at some point, yes or no. The sign is to get the attention. The gifts are to give the relief, to give the momentary knowledge that God is there who loves you. But without the permanent repentance and the change of heart and the crying out for forgiveness, you know what's going to happen with that demon? It's going to come right back in. And then David has to get... David has to get the harp, he plays all over again, but it comes right back in. And it gets worse. You'll see later on in chapter 18, uh, in verse 10, now Saul becomes resentful. You know, he starts off loving David, he then becomes resentful of David, he becomes jealous of David as David succeeds under the Lord. And the jealousy becomes so filled with anger Rather than saying, gee, how wonderful that David's doing well, 
for the kingdom's sake, because David is obviously obedient in this whole thing. David is very, very obedient and respectful unto Saul. He's angry. He's jealous. And it says in verse 8, Saul was very angry and displeased with him. Verse 9, Saul, I, David, from that day forward. And then verse 10, and it happened on the next day that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied inside his house. Now, Saul has prophesied under the Holy Spirit. And that same inclination that could allow him to prophesy under the Holy Spirit, now he has this lying spirit that comes upon him. And he's prophesying. So David played the music with his hand. He takes up the harp. He starts to play again, as at other times. But there was a spear in Saul's hands. It's not working as much now. The Holy Spirit music pushes away the lying spirit. Saul's given a moment to repent, and he doesn't do it. And it happens again and again. And now the music isn't working. The heart becomes hardened to the spirit. The heart can come to a point that there is no ability to repent. He's there holding the spear. David's playing. And Saul cast the spear and said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. Two times. The anger builds up so much that even the anointed music can't reach it. The madness, the insanity from that lying spirit, from that tormenting spirit. You go down to chapter 19 and verse 9. Now the distressing, the evil spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand. He thinks David's going to do something to him. He becomes paranoid. And David was playing his music with his hand. And then Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear. But he slipped away from Saul's presence, and he drove the spear into the wall. Those walls in, in those days for the king's palaces had to be substantial. So David fled and escaped that night. You can see the anger of Saul pushing that spear into the wall, trying to kill David. And so it doesn't work anymore. It was only temporary. Saul was given an opportunity. Saul didn't take it. And so this tormenting spirit is an instrument of judgment on Saul. Saul gets really what he asked for. Because when we push God out of the picture, we're asking for every unclean and filthy spirit to come in. That's one thing we don't understand in secular America. That you just can't push God away. Because there's so many things out there that'll grab control of our families, of our children. We need the Lord day in and day out in our hearts, in our lives, in our country, in our nation. Because if you open up a vacuum, Satan, from the Garden of Eden on, becomes then the king and his demons and his hosts. It's a temporary thing, that relief from the spirit, the music of David. And if there's not repentance, the demon comes back. And how does he come back? He comes back worse each time. Is there anything in the New Testament about this? Does it bring to mind anything of the words of Jesus? The cautions that the Lord gives. His teaching on the spiritual realm. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 43, Jesus taught. He preached 
when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And you see how the human being is like a house. Either we're a house, we're a dwelling place, we're a temple of the Holy Spirit, or we're opened up to be a house for any unclean demon spirit. I will go back, I will return to my house from which I came, and when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Now, as a demon is driven out, the person gets their stability back. Things become orderly again, just like Saul becomes refreshed, he becomes himself again, he becomes normal again. Things become arranged, they're swept, but it's empty, he finds it empty. It's not enough to have our mind straight and orderly and stable. The house can't be empty. The Holy Spirit must be there because what happens? He says, then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself and they enter and dwell there. It's an open house. More powerful than him, seven times more, seven of them. And they enter and dwell there, and Jesus says, and the last state of that man is worse than the first, so it shall be with this wicked generation. Now he takes what happens to a man possessed by spirits, and he enlarges it and says that can happen to a generation, that can happen to a society. When you cast out a wickedness, a demon goes out, but if you don't fill it in with the Lord, it's going to come back, and it's going to come back with seven spirits more wicked than itself. It gets worse and worse, it's like Saul. He gets more insane, more tormented, and it feeds on itself. The demon goes out by the power of Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 23, now, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet, and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were amazed. They were all amazed so that they, they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. The demons have to obey the name of Jesus. When David is playing those psalms, those messianic songs, the power of God, it all points to Jesus. In Jesus, the demons come out. In Jesus, the demons must flee. In Jesus, our minds are made right. But if we only taste of the Spirit, if we only come to the Lord a little bit, we might have the benefit of it. But if there's not true repentance and the desire for the Holy Spirit to permeate us and change us and make us vessels of His love, of His selflessness, of His holiness, of His purity, of his peace, of his kindness, of his gentleness, of his mercy, those demons return and they come back, Jesus said, sevenfold. And what's true for a man, and we see it here, we're speaking about heavenly authority. 
And we see the madness and the insanity of Saul. We've seen the lying spirits for Ahab. And we see how when a person in authority and the heart of the leader doesn't want anything of God, how the spirit will depart. For God's spirit will not strive with man forever, the scriptures say. And that leader becomes subject to every unclean demon. And we've heard some terrible stories, right? Accounts of Christian leaders, of men of God who have gone from one position where it looked like they had so much potential to a terrible end. Well, what's true for the leadership is also true for the people. And what's true for the people is also true for a nation, a generation. How we can become subject to unclean demons and madness and deception and ultimately defeat. We'll have to break from the sermon at this point. You can write to us at our post office box in Branford, Connecticut. That's Shi'ar Jashub, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And if the Lord puts it on your heart, please consider sending a donation to help continue this program on your station. Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in Madison, Connecticut, in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. The Memorial Hall is the yellow brick and white building adjacent to the green, across from the James Madison Memorial. May our Lord Jesus bless you as you serve Him. And please remember to join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.